Let's go to the hotline now and talk to Mike Bianchi, talk show host, supreme columnist, raconteur, awarder of national championships. Stirred up the pot just a little bit recently by awarding UCF a national championship. Uh, just today, I'm watching Paul Feinbaum's show and his annual <laughs> awards, and among the awards he gave out were Dumbest Comment of the Year, Mike Bianchi, for his comments about UCF. I kind of liked it a little bit. I kind of got it, but I can understand how others would not. But So let me ask you, Mike Bianchi, how are you? First of all, thanks for being on the show, and how was the parade for the national champions? Well, I wasn't actually at the parade, buddy. Oh. I was at the national championship celebration, though, on, oh, okay. in downtown Orlando. All right. I want to know. I want to get right to this because I know where you're. I kind of know what you're getting at, and I understand it. And even even your friend Steve Spurrier thought it was a pretty cool idea, believe it or not. Uh, so, so what prompted you to say? And I, we had your own, I think, once since that time that you're going to declare this team national champions albeit really one of the really good stories in football we've had in a long time. We all know the story of what happened undefeated. You know, of course, uh, Scott Frost going to uh, Nebraska, uh, the uh, uh, White paying the championship bonuses, bonuses, national championship bonuses to the coaching staff. It's a nice story. Uh, but how much criticism have you had for it, and what was behind your thinking? Well, I've got well. I've gotten you know. I've gotten some criticism from guys like Feinbaum and the college football elitists who cover the major conferences and don't give schools like UCF a second glance. And I think that's an issue. I think the college football playoff committee uh, undersells schools like UCF. When you look at how they ranked UCF throughout the season, um, they kept saying, "Well, UCF strength of schedule." isn't good enough it's you know it, it, it doesn't compare with some of the major conferences which i would agree uh uh that is the case but late in the season there were two undefeated uh undefeated teams wisconsin and ucf wisconsin had the same almost the exact same strength of schedule as ucf but wisconsin was ranked 10 spots ahead of ucf so it's not about strength of schedule. It's about reputation. It's about the league that you're in. It's about the power conferences trying to keep the little guys down. And I, I think I don't think that's right. So that's why I wanted to bring some attention to it by saying, hey, these guys are just as good. Uh, not year in and year out can a team like UCF compete in the SEC because they're not in the SEC. They're not making all that SEC TV money. They're not... They're not, they don't get all the SEC exposure. But there are times, buddy, throughout history when a team like UCF, a special team, a special group of players, a special group of coaches can come together and play with the big boys. And the fact that they don't get a chance to come together and play with the big boys, I think, is a travesty. Urban Meyer's Utah team uh, several years ago. That team finished unbeaten. That team could have played with anybody in the country, but they didn't get a chance to win a national championship because of the system, and the system is flawed. It's set up to keep the little guy down, and I don't think that's right. I know you've lost your mind now because you're defending Urban Meyer's team. That never happens. So I, <laughs> I was defending, yeah. You're absolutely right. There was, 
Bob Pruitt had a Marshall team several years ago that had Randy Moss, that had yeah. Chad Pennington, that had eight players. Well, how about Auburn? Auburn undefeated one year. Remember, they could, they, well, they were left out because of that. That was different real. But you're yeah. right. Just, how about this idea, Mike, if you want to do this? You know, okay. award your national championship. Maybe it's time to act like the Millennials Act and break a bunch of things and start over. What if we – now, this is going to be heresy. I want to get your thoughts. Throw out the conferences completely and say, let's all play for it. A qualification system that goes through. You still play your same schedule you would in a conference, but you don't, you know, you don't have to. That's not a qualifier, right? And so you play it down like uh, you do in the regionals in the basketball, where you take the top-ranked teams, you see them, and you play it down with, you know, your last two or three games of the year being in a tournament. Having a real tournament, if you want to put teams in, uh, you know, the UCS of the world, uh, and come up with an with a, with a eight-team format that really makes it work. I mean, that's really the most pure way to do it, because no matter what you do, you're going to leave somebody out. Yeah, but, buddy, we all know. I mean, we all know that the major conferences aren't going to do that because they have a cartel. They have the they have the market cornered on TV money. They have the market cornered on exposure. They're not they're not going to let the little guys into their their party because again, why should they? They they control everything and they give they give conferences like the MAC and the American Athletic Conference. They throw them a few million dollars and say, "Shut up, take your money, and get out of here." So that, that's not going to happen because college football, unlike college basketball, in college football the major conferences run. The NCAA has no power. It's all about the major conference commissioners and the big leagues. All right, so you go ahead and award your national champion. Mm-hmm. I guess anybody can do that. So you're, you're the chairman for the Heisman Trophy uh, committee in the state of Florida. I serve under you as one of those voters. Uh, what if I decide to get my own Heisman? Can I do that? Uh, I don't think you can give your own Heisman, oh, okay. but wait a minute now, cool. because the Heisman is the Heisman as it's set up is fair and equitable because they set it up in regions. They expect mm-hmm. uh, 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 voters from different regions yeah. to vote for players in their region. The Heisman is set up to be equitable. They have you know they have nine hundred a thousand voters throughout the country, mm-hmm. so. The Heisman's already set up to be equitable. All right, so I'm going to ask you that. You're saying they allow for regional prejudice. You know, that's and I've written that many years ago, and that's kind of what it ought to be. It should be the team that you've voted most about, the player you've seen, because you can't see every game. All right, so now let me ask you this. I don't normally disclose who's on my ballot, but let me ask you. You can what, disclose it after the fact. All right, buddy. did Mackenzie Milton make your ballot? He was number one on my ballot. Number one? Yes. Wow, Why? Because he was the quarterback of the only unbeaten team in college football, he was the quarterback of the highest scoring team in college football. He uh, he was second in the nation in passing efficiency, only behind Baker Mayfield, and he had no character flaws, unlike Baker Mayfield. Ah, so, okay, that's why. All right, so I didn't know we were voting on character flaws, but that's okay. Well, you hey. know, the high, buddy, as a, high, a longtime Heisman voter, yeah. you should know. That the first sentence of the Heisman mission statement, yeah. uh, it, it mentions pursuit pursuit of excellence with integrity. So, yeah. buddy, I'm, I'm surprised yeah. you didn't know that. You're, you're using it where it's handy. I, by the way, we, if we had to pass that test, there'd be a lot of Heisman voters who wouldn't make it. Anyway, that's just me. So, do you think anybody else voted, can I ask you, for Mackenzie Milton in Florida? Uh, Mackenzie Milton, I believe, got – I don't – 
I don't know who it was, but he got four first place votes in the high uh-huh. school. I know that. Well, they got one third place vote from me. Okay. Dee Spurrier had him on his ballot as well. Yeah, so I gave him a third-place vote for the very reason you said uh, he was undefeated. All right, so let's get on to more important things now. We've decided that issue. Uh, uh, let me ask you this. <laughs> have you seen this story about Bob Costas not being included in Super Bowl coverage for NBC? As an outspoken critic of brain I injuries, just saw the headlines. I, I didn't actually read the story. What, why is that? Well, they didn't say why. Uh, they're, they're giving some excuse about, well, you know, uh, Dan Patrick and Liam McHugh have done a good job for us this year and wouldn't be right to put him in there and, 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 and Costas gives him sort of, sort of a wave like it's okay. But the fact is he's on the record as saying this is a sport that damages brains. You think that might have factored in somewhere? Absolutely. Of, yes, Absolutely. I do too. Absolutely, I think it does. Bob Costas, Bob, first of all, Bob Costas is not really considered an NFL guy. He's considered more of a baseball commentator. He's considered more of an Olympics commentator. I don't know that Bob Costas should be included hmm. in Super Bowl coverage. I mean, he, really? obviously he's a Hall of Fame broadcaster and he's very good, but, you know, he's not really a football fan. And, hmm. you know, I think if you're going to be commentating on the – if you're going to be broadcasting the premier sporting event in a sport, I think you should at least be – you know, a fan of that sport. I mean, if, if I, for instance, I don't think I should be, I, I should not be, uh, you know, I'm not a big baseball fan. So, you know, but I'm a huge college football fan. If I, if, if I were going to be a broadcaster, I would be a college football broadcaster because I'm a fan of that sport. Do you agree or disagree? No, I don't agree. And um, I think sometimes people who are not in the sport uh, have bring an insight that others don't. And if you want to talk about the sport covering the Olympics, you'd never be able to cover Olympics. So what do you know about all those sports? Nothing. I know I've covered a few, and I was out there covering cycling. What do I know about cycling? I don't know. But let me just say this. What makes you a what makes you qualified? What if you've called seven Super Bowls already? Huh? What have you done now? Which, by the way, Bob no, Costas Bob Again, Costas I'm not saying has. Bob Costas. I'm not saying Bob Costas wouldn't do a fine job calling the Super Bowl. Well, I'm just said saying he wasn't a fan. That, you said he shouldn't be calling. He's done seven times. He's done the Super Bowl. No, what? again, and he he would do a fine job, but but I don't think Bob Costas has the passion for the NFL. I don't think he has the love for the NFL that somebody like Dan yeah. Patrick does. Okay, we can go through that list. There's a lot of other people we could talk about too. The cover of the games, but we'll let that go for the time being. All right, John Calipari. Have you caught about that? I don't know if you talked about it on your morning show or not. Kentucky's mm-hmm. out of the top 25. Of course, they lost to Florida. Uh, now there's some grousing going on that Calipari's one-and-done program, you know, might not be as popular. It's because he hasn't won with his, his class. Uh, and so one critic says uh, uh, they should worry about winning the national championship, not trying to be number one recruiting class. Calipari, do you think Calipari's comments like today – on saying that uh, he he thinks his players have a, an opportunity to help each other. He says, I'm not endorsing socialism. Uh, and, like, and some people say, well, does he mean like Duke or what? What do you think Calipari meant by that? And where do you think he stands right now? And could he ever be, could he be in trouble at, at, at Le- in Lexington? Well, Maybe not now, but later. No, I don't think he's in trouble, but I do think his – style of coaching with the one and doneers. The problem with Calipari is that Mike Shashevsky 
is now taking one and dunners, and Mike Shashevsky at Duke mm-hmm. is getting all the guys that Calipari used to right. he used to corner the market on. I mean, it, Mike Shashevsky is getting the one and dunners now. Mike Shashevsky used to be the guy that oh, we don't take one and dunners at Duke because it's all about the education at Duke and blah 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 blah. Well, Mike Shashevsky's changed his tune, and he's getting many of the guys Calipari used to get. And the fact of the matter is, when you take one and dunners. Sometimes you're going to put a team out there that melds together quickly, and sometimes you're not. And this year's team happens to be one of those teams that doesn't. I mean, when you have Mike White and the Gators going up to Rupp Arena and winning with guys that aren't one-and-dunners, you know, I think Mike White has done a tremendous job. And, and I'm not saying he's going to take over the SEC, but I do think Calipari's style of coaching and the system he's built up there is teetering a little bit. Because he's not getting all the guys that he used to get. Mike Bianchi, he does radio. He does he writes a column. He awards national championships. He adjudicates who can announce why. He's got. He's a man of power. And with a parting <laughs> comment of twenty seconds or so on where do you think Dan Mullen's going with his program at Florida? How do you feel about it right now? Well, I thought he. I thought it was a good hire, but obviously, you know, Florida's talent level isn't very good right now. You know, it's pretty sad when at the Senior Bowl, UCF has more players at the Senior Bowl than the Gators have. So that, sh- that shows you the talent level at the University of Florida. And, you know, M- Mullen's got to recruit. That is the one sort of, um, I don't want to call it a weakness because he was at Mississippi State, but he didn't, you know, he didn't recruit top ten classes at Mississippi State. And right now I'm looking at the, the rankings in recruiting. The Gators are down 25 30th in some of these recruiting rankings, so he's going to have to get some talent in there. If he gets the talent in there, he's going to be a phenomenal coach. All right, Mike, keep up just a little bit. Okay, they're way ahead of that now. They've got some great signs. They picked up Justin Watkins. Their receiving cord is the strongest they've had since Urban Meyer coached there. It's different now, Mike. It's changing, but I'll keep you up on that. You keep me up on national championships and the Heisman Trophy. All right, my friend? See you, guys. Thank you, Mike Bianchi from Orlando Sentinel and uh, the talk show Mike Bianchi show in the morning.